Okay, while they're going and returning, let's, um, let's open our Bibles and read from John chapter 1, uh, and then uh, we can... Uh, that will give people time to come and go and pick up on, on the reading when the, the parents uh, come back. So I want us to read, uh, please, uh, from... I'm just going to read a few verses from... Um, the first uh, chapter. I think we'll start uh, with verse 1 and read through to verse 8, and then on from there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify according, concerning that light, so that through him, the light, that is, all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And then let's uh, pick it up. At verse 15, John, uh, that's the one who came as a witness, testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And then on to verse 19. Now this was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees, who had been sent to question him, said this, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, you are not Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Or this is God's son. I think this is the son of God that can be read. Ah, well, John 1. We're looking at John's gospel for a few months as part of our learning together as a community. Let me tell you a story. I was once on a plane... And uh, I was sitting there in my seat, and the announcement came over from the pilot. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd just like to let you know that we're on our descent now into Muscat. 
which I think is Oman in the Gulf. I'd been planning to fly to Cairo. So I was a bit concerned. But it was okay because as we landed, they said passengers for Cairo remain on the plane. It was okay. And not like a friend of mine, uh, this is actually true, it happened a long time ago. He uh, or his company booked him on a flight to Dhaka in Bangladesh. He got the plane, found himself in Dakar in Senegal. Uh, it was a bit of a problem. Why do I say this? John's Gospel is a journey, a flight. And towards the end, there's an announcement that comes over the tannoy about the destination. And Dan referred to it last week. This isn't working, Rob, sorry. Um, thank you. It's in John 20, verse 31. There it is up there. Jesus performed many other signs and so on. And John is telling us what the final destination is, where he wants us to be as a result of reading his book. And that is that, what? That you may believe, that we may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that we might know who Jesus is, that we may come to believe that he's the one God has promised, the Jewish Messiah. They were all waiting for that. More than that, that he's the Son of God. That's where John wants us to be by the end of our journey, if not before. More than just knowing that, he wants us to have life in his name. Through knowing him, through trusting him, we can have life. And that's where John is taking us. And what's on the route? John says there are signs, signs that point to who Jesus is, to what he's done. And these signs have been done in the presence of the people who knew him, his disciples. They were eyewitnesses to it all. That's the destination. That's what comes over the tannoy, as if you like, John brings the plane down to land. That's where he wants us to be. And we need to keep that in mind. And last week we looked at John 1, didn't we? And as we saw last week, that uh, it's very much like the departure board for our journey. It flags up where John is going to be taking us. And we saw that there were, were lots of stopping places along the way, on the route. And we had a look at some of those as Dan led us through them. Now it's more like a train journey, you know, calling at this, 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 and this, and this as the, the book goes through. And there's a starting point, as we saw last week. The journey begins, John starts his book here, at the very creation of the universe, in the beginning. And he starts to appeal immediately to the Greek people in his world. They believe that the world, the universe, that everything was held together by by, uh, something they called logos, actually translates the word. That's the the word John uses. It was like a kind of first principle. It was like the thing that holds everything together. Jewish people, of course, they had a, a different idea. They knew that God had spoken a word at creation in John 1. God says, let there be, let there be, let there be. God said it and it was created. So Jewish people had took, heard that and said the, the, the word of God, God spoke and the, the universe came into being. What does John do? John says it's not just the principal Greeks. It's not just that God spoke Jews. But he says this word is a person, a person that brings life and a person that is light for all people. And as we heard last week, this agent of creation comes into the world that he formed. He comes to a particular people. Many of those reject him, but those who don't reject him, those who receive him, those who believe in his name, 
gets the life. They get to be born. They get given a new life. They believe in his name. They get new life. Does that remind you of what came over the tannoy at the end of the flight we just read? That's where he's going. And John tells us how light has come into the world. He tells us how the word, the one who created as God, the one who is with God, becomes a human being. And John says a remarkable thing. He says, this one came and lived among us. Us, John means, is me and my friends. In our presence, as he says at the end of his book. He said, we knew him. We saw it all. We saw him on his good days and on his bad days. We had breakfast in the morning. We had supper at night. One day he gave us fish. We were with him. We saw it. He, he dwelt with us, me and my friends, says John. It actually happened, and I want you to know about it. And John says what he saw could only be explained one way, that God has been made known that light has come into our dark world, that we can have life, that we can be reborn as God's children. John said, I saw all that. We saw that for ourselves. It was in front of our very eyes. So all of that is on the departure board. That's the destination. Is that where you want to go? Is that how we will live? Knowing that God can be known, that there is purpose, there is light, there is meaning. The universe can and does make sense. Human beings, we long for purpose, don't we? Just like the Greeks of John's day, we search for a way of making it all fit together. We ache to know God. We're hungry to come home. And and we see it in our, our, our art, our films, our music. It's written right across all of human existence. We, we just long for it all to make sense. We just long to be back home with God. And here's John's good news. He says that, that, what, that, that we feel is a real hunger. God put it there, and it can be satisfied in our lives now. And if, I'm to live as, if we're to live as people who know that, then what he's given us is for everyone. We can confidently live it. We can confidently share it. That's the destination. That's what John wants. If you don't know it yet, he wants you to know it. If you do know it, he wants us to live it. Do you want to go on that destination, on that journey? Because that's where John's gospel takes us. So it starts with creation. Actually, the first stop is the word coming and living among us. He's the one who makes God known, as we uh, read there. And in verse 17, John, he waits till verse 17 to reveal who it is he's talking about. Jesus. Jesus. He's the one. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And Dan explained that to us last week. So, the next stop in the journey is this eyewitness account, the eyewitness testimony of someone called John as he points to the light, to Jesus. And I read it earlier because um, uh, we were at that opportunity. So go back in your minds or look at the, the passage that we just read just now. It's not John. The John here is not the writer of the book, but another person also called John. Uh, he's John the Baptist. All the Gospels begin with him. And did you notice as we read that through 
how many times there are references to John being like an expert witness. Did you notice that? I meant to tell you that beforehand, actually. Sorry about that, but I won't read it again because we've only got another 10 minutes and I've got to stop. So, uh, but just as you scan it through or remember it, five times there's a reference to John being giving testimony, being a witness. He actually makes a witness statement, the same statement twice. Did you notice that? He who was before me is greater than me, surpasses me because he was, sorry, he who's coming after me is greater because he was before me. Twice, direct quotes in John 1. This witness is important. Because as Jesus goes public, lots of people wonder who he is. Uh, that happens a lot in the Gospel of John as well as today. And John the Baptist is giving his evidence. We know that John is a witness to, his, to the light. We know why he was a witness to the light, so that people might believe. We read that. So I want us to look just for a few moments at what John says about Jesus as he points people to him. See, people come to interview John. It's almost like they come to cross-examine him. Did you notice that? They send religious police, you know, top guys from the temple in Jerusalem, come to ask John questions. And John, the writer of the gospel, uh, records the conversation that John the Baptist has as, he ha as he's asked these questions. They want to know who he is, and they want to know why he's baptizing people. He's immersing people in the River Jordan as a sign that they're repenting of sin and getting ready for God. Uh, there's much more in the other Gospels. Look in any of the uh, Matthew, Mark, or Luke early chapters, and you'll read more about that. And John's answer is clear to these questions. He, he says four things. Here's the first thing. He says, God is doing something. Verses 19 to 23. He, pro he quotes the Old Testament part of the Bible, Jewish history's biggest hitter, if you like. The, the biggest prophet, as it were, the, the, apart from Moses probably. The most significant one is Isaiah. He has a massive amount of things to say. Uh, and uh, John quotes Isaiah 40. And if you look at it, and Margaret read it, it was the verses Margaret read at the beginning of the service. It comes at a point in Isaiah's prophecy, uh, it's a turning point. Up until then, it's all been about God's judgment on his people. Now it's about how God's going to bring them out of that judgment and rescue them and do something new, to do something amazing. God is coming. His glory will be revealed. And there's a voice, as it were, preparing the way. Somebody's out there. It's a picture of someone out there front saying, get, get, get ready, you know, clear up because God's coming. And that's in the prophecy of Isaiah. And John says, God is doing something, John says. And he is the voice. I'm the voice, says John, because God is doing something. Second thing John says, John says, look, he says to them, it's not about me. Don't worry about who I am. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is greater than me. We read it, verse 15, verse 24 to 27. As I said, he twice says, Jesus surpasses me before he, because he was before me. See, Jesus sees, uh, sorry, John sees Jesus as much more than an ordinary man. Jesus is younger than John. They were like distantly related. And John knows that, that, but John says, he existed before me. He's pointing way back to the beginning of creation. 
And John explains that he's baptizing with water in advance of someone else greater who's coming. Someone who's much greater than him. He said, I'm getting people ready for him. I'm the one. God is doing something, says John. First thing, God is at work here. God is alive and real and happening and stuff is going on. The second thing he says, and what God is doing is not about me. It's about Jesus. He's greater than me. John says, I'm like the warm-up act, if you like. Not a very reverent thing to say, but, you know, you have a, go to a gig and there's a, a lesser band or a comedian has someone to watch. John says, that's all I am, the main thing, Jesus. That's what you want to be thinking about. And then he goes on to explain just why Jesus is greater. Not just because he, uh, he existed before him. Jesus is greater, says John, because he takes away sin. Did you see that in verse 29 to 31? That's where, why we sing about Jesus as the Lamb. John, as he sees Jesus coming down the road, wants people to see something about Jesus. By the way, there's a lot about seeing in John's gospel and about light. And, and as John sees Jesus, he says to everyone, look, can you see who this is? Let me tell you who this is. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He wants people to see that Jesus is like the lamb in the Old Testament, that lamb that was sacrificed back in Egypt so that judgment would not fall on the people, uh, the Israelites, and so they could be rescued. The lamb died instead of them. And through the Old Testament worship, a lamb lamb was killed so that their sins could be forgiven. And John says, look, here's Jesus. He's the Lamb of God who can take away the sin of the whole world. That's why he's greater than John. You see, John, he can get people to repent of their sins and be baptized as a sign as they go into the water and out again that they want to be washed or they're ready for God. But what Jesus does is more than that, isn't it? Jesus actually deals with the problem at source. He deals with the sin. He takes it away. That's why he's greater. God is doing something about our sin. And John's whole purpose was to reveal him. That he is the Lamb of God. And here's the fourth thing he says. Jesus is greater because he doesn't just baptize with water. See, John was baptizing with water. It was a symbol of washing and forgiveness. I'm just going to wash my throat with it now, if you may forgive me. Refreshing, cleansing. I genuinely needed it. I didn't. That wasn't just a a cheap point. Jesus deals with sin as the lamb. But more than that, if you look at verses 32 to 34, Jesus drenches people. He pours out the Holy Spirit on people. He baptizes people with the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus doesn't just deal with sin. He brings the life of God into our experience. For for, for John says, when he saw the Holy Spirit come on Jesus at his baptism, and that story is, is in all the other gospels as well, he saw the Holy Spirit come on Jesus as a dove. And he heard God say, this is my beloved son, as, as uh, perhaps others did. That's Anyway, that, I mustn't digress. I've got two minutes left. Um, but for John, he's saying, I didn't only realize that Jesus was the son of God at his baptism. I realized something else as well. I realized that he was the one who is able to 
provide cleansing from God, provide God kind of pouring into people's lives. He would be the one who would fulfill what John was picturing by baptizing people in the River Jordan. And what's, and there's much more about all of this in John's gospel, as we'll see as we go on. And the last words of John's testimony, I have seen and testify that this is God's chosen one. As I said, some manuscripts have in verse 34, this is the Son of God. So John points people to the light. Yeah, we can do that too, can't we? And we can live in the light of what John says about Jesus, what we know to be true about Jesus in our lives too. Do you remember what Jesus said after the resurrection to the disciples? He said, you shall be my witnesses. Actually, it's witnesses of me. You're going to be witnesses that point to me, says Jesus, to his disciples, to people like us. So we can be pointers like John the Baptist was. And maybe we can point in the same way. We can be uh, in our lives and in in our our behavior, in what we say, be telling people God is doing something. When Jesus came into the world, it was the final kind of phase of God's activity in the world, and it's still going on, and God is at work. God is active. God does things in the world. So that's why we use try praying. Because if people pray, God answers. Because if we call out to God, he responds. Because God has done something and is doing something. So we look for that. We expect that. And that's a massively different way of living. To live in the light that God is doing something. Continuing to do something in Jesus. Secondly, we can tell people as well in our lives and in what we say that it's all about Jesus. We keep pointing people to him. And we live our lives for him. He's at the center. He's greater Our lives are all about him. Thirdly, we can live too, pointing people to the fact that Jesus takes away sin. You see, behind this is is a really important truth, and that is this. Sin, i.e. evil, wrong, stuff that actually we instinctively know, matters. It is really wrong. It is awful. Some of us have experienced the results of it. And the thing is, Jesus has dealt with it. He carried it, the effects of it, the pain of it, the results of it. He's been there. He's been in it. He's dealt with it. So also, we don't flirt with it because Jesus has taken it away. It's really, really important. And finally, we can point people to the one who pours the Spirit out over every part of our lives, God in us. We share that. We live that. We point people to Jesus, the Jesus who brings God into the lives of people who ask him for that. Four ways in which we can point to Jesus, just like John the Baptist did. So let's go and do that, shall we? Or pray for that to happen as people go, even in a small way, with a few leaflets with some truth on it. I think they're ready to come in, aren't they? And no one thought we could do this in time, but with God's help, it's been possible. So we'll let the kids in. Shall I just pray? Let's just bow our heads and pray briefly. Lord, we thank you. We want to thank you so much that you've done something and that you are continuing to work. We thank you that we can point people to Jesus. Lord, may our lives just reflect him. 
We thank you that it really is all about him. We thank you that he's the one who takes away sin. We thank you, Lord, that he died so that we could know that flooding, that drenching, that immersing of our lives with your new life in the Holy Spirit. Lord, if we don't know that, we pray that we won't just kind of ignore it, but respond to you and welcome you into our lives today. And, if, and as we do that, many of us know that. We pray that we may just live in it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.